Welcome back to Maximum Roll to part two of Team Incarnate's interview from Lost Lauren Games. It was a pretty good one the first time around. Let's see what round two brings us. Let's go ahead and get this ball rolling. Go ahead and give me that sanity check. Ooh, too bad, so sad. Looks like you just picked up a derangement, friend. Happy Harvey here, and you'd be insane not to check out Chaotic Click Clacks. That's right, friends. Head on over to Facebook, Instagram, or Etsy and search up Chaotic Click Clacks. Peruse their exotic array of handmade gaming dice. So the next time you're staring into the gaping mall of insanity, you can do so with confidence and style. Remember, Chaotic Click Clacks, where we want to be your clack dealer. Speaking on that, I'm going to say that was another significant challenge we had, but we were able to make it work, was finding a time where we could all meet. Uh, being international, um, <laughs> some of us, I, I'd have to say that I have been one of the luckiest people with my time being able to join at nine o'clock at night. I mean, I got people that over on the East Coast that so would join at midnight, yep. Gregor and people <laughs> over in Europe showing up at six in the morning and then rocky, and then rocky. uh the all-star here he shows up <laughs> at two o'clock in the morning and i yeah. mean that's just that's just he, he deserves a medal that's dedication yeah. you know and, and it's just one of those mm-hmm. things where and, that was a challenge but we made it work and and to be clear rocky showed up at two in the morning for a two-hour meeting on a weeknight yeah. Um, every, week. Every, every week every week for six <laughs> or months. six months yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so guys, about dedication yeah. by yeah. the way rocky i still need to send you a letter thank you very much mm. oh, <laughs> thank you you're welcome <laughs> it's 3 a.m here but now by the way yeah 2 a.m yeah. 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 3 a.m for a bunch of us but I would point out what Carrie just said with the sending of the letter. We one of the fun things was I we all became very good friends through this. I I think, and it became a joy. A lot of joking around, a lot of teasing each other, uh, a lot of fun to work with each other. Um, you know, Lost Learn has become a family. Team Incarnate certainly is. It, it became quite a family, mm-hmm. and uh, we we and we hope that that fun spirit that we that that working together to make this product comes across as well. Uh, it was a labor of love. It was a joy. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah, I know it's Funny. super late for you, and we've only made it to chapter three of seven and only on one <laughs> book. I'm so, okay. I'm okay. For okay. You. We're okay. <laughs> good, good. Well, that just means we can have a two-parter because we have we can talk about the oh, second yeah. book and part two. Uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and push through uh, the next four chapters and then and then we can uh everybody can take a break i know we've been on for a while <laughs> so chapter four okay. okay so chapter four is the blight fence um this is the greenest area of the island it is lush with forests although it's not all just forest um there it is inhabited by the basaju a, a unique birthright that has been introduced into uh, the Lost Lorne um, game and which we are showcasing. Uh, another birthright that uh, does exist in this region, but uh, more so in uh, a, another region later on, Bleakstone City, uh, the Athenra. 
Um, but we have, we, this area is basically, it's called the blight fens because interestingly enough, the forest itself, the fens help naturally repel this force called blight, which is basically just this destructive force that causes mutation and sickness and death. And the, however, with that being said, there's an entire region, a smaller region within this area uh, called the Great Miasma, which is just, just a. It's what, bad. With it's, no the, it's, the, it's, it's the opposite of yeah. the, the yeah, nature exactly. of and it's because of where it connects, um, because of Mount Croft yeah. at the the begins uh, at, the, at the the center of the the aisle. Um, and I think Jason can clarify how the the Dwimmer um, kind of affects it because the this is it the Storma. Anyway, yeah, it's where um, Profana meets Storma. Although we may lose our we may lose our listeners as they don't know all those Dwimmers. Um, <laughs> no, we don't. Is, but are... but um, when the two meet, they yeah. create this unpleasant zone if you want and and it's very important to um realize that this is kind of like a dead zone versus the the real relationship that it has to the fens and it's this beautiful green land as, as john was saying so unpleasant Brian, in Brian. the manner of world war one battlefields yeah. unpleasant in the worst terms unpleasant yeah. like tornadoes and brian did a really good job writing it up too just wanted to point he, that out he did i it's one of the scariest parts in the island it is <laughs> It's one of my favorite places because it's so well written. It's so scary. Yeah. yeah. Can we can we talk about the wumpish for a second? Because drawing that thing made me throw up. You know what? That's what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, I wanted that. Robert Young. So the that's oh, that's the that's that's Robert and my baby. We created that one. That's pretty much Robert's. Uh, I did the artwork for it, the concept art, and then I wanted uh, Carrie to do it up, and she did an amazing job. And I'm glad that it made you vomit. It's great. And that's the point. <laughs> that is exactly the point. So essentially, the wumpish, the wumpish are this really strange, peculiar, almost sort of Muppetish looking creature, and essentially what they. Yeah, Muppets had tentacles. Uh, essentially, <laughs> these creatures—they uh, are very primitive. They—they they do have a consciousness. They are sentient, but they—they're very simple. Um, they tend to just collect things, and they have a very disturbing that tends to cause people to lose their concentration, to have strange, disturbing thoughts and feelings, and it's—they're just really odd and disconcerting creatures and uh we really enjoyed creating them mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of horrifying uh -huh. so hold up oh, a second did. hold up a second <laughs> okay you say enjoy i i did enjoy drawing it when i didn't think about it uh -huh. when i didn't think about it it was fine yeah but but that, that's what I, that's see that's what i'm talking about i'm talking about the aftertaste when you can't get it out of your mind that's it's exactly right what i'm talking right about here. yeah yeah that's the point <laughs> so he's he he shows me this picture and at first i'm thinking like oh so it's like an octopus no big deal he says no it has dry skin i'm like <laughs> oh no 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 and then i'm like okay so let's just imagine for a second this dry skin <laughs> octopus thing um oh also has three eyes and a smile that splits its head in half okay that's fine how are its teeth oh sharp great oh and it has hands four yeah. of them four of them that's right mm. 
Um, okay. Not to mention some strange and enemy type of hair. Oh, oh yeah, that yeah. Part. Which yeah. was your touch. You did that. You that, that. I it did. Was great. I did. I grossed myself out on that too. That was perfect. But, um, <laughs> so when this this character thing was being developed, um, I uh, he said uh, that these things mainly, as far as we knew, we didn't because we don't know everything. We never know everything. Um, these things mostly stay in caves until they come out to take their stuff. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> take their stuff. And so they had, he had drawn this like branchy looking hair thing as a concept design. And I'm like, Hey, John. And he says, yeah. I said, how would you feel if the, um, the hair wasn't branchy and it could actually touch you? Yeah, that and was <laughs> and glowed yeah Oof. so yeah uh for those of you who don't know um i have uh and i brag about this often i have about 500 now books on audible and about half of them are psychology books okay. and further than that i have a lot of psychology books that develop and go into extreme detail as to why the human psyche is wigged out so I wigged myself out uh, by creating something that was just human enough to make us recognize, oh, that's a thing. That's pretty and so, um, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, no, that, those aren't ears. Those are just holes. Um, yep. Yeah, that's that's fine. Um, I am so ooh. glad that I was so successful, that we were so successful. <laughs> exactly what i was going for yeah there you go it, it's horrible thank you <laughs> yep all right so that's horrible creatures in chapter four <laughs> are there any in chapter also... five? Oh no what else is in chapter four besides some horrific well, uh... i was gonna bring up we have the belted eotin and i really like these guys really take it um, away man the, well, uh, Eotin, a, a variation of Etins, and of course, Etins are in D&D, and they're two-headed monsters, but the belted Eotin are a variation on that, because um, they, aren't, or, and they aren't born uh, as a two-headed monster. Uh, they are creatures with a leg and an arm and, an, and, a, and a head and one eye and one not, one one nostril and one ear and, and one horn and and they've got all the parts in singular and they are belted together with with another eotin to become the belted eotin which is kind of a, a, a plural entity and i just find them very very fascinating because they're so alien uh in in the the concept of being single is being broken uh, and so they don't view the world the same way that any of the readers would. Um, we are individuals, but they, they consider individuality a curse. And I find them just a really fascinating insight into the alien on the island. Um, they live on the spurs of the island. So they live on the very edges. Um, players might never run into them if they don't do enough exploring, but they've left mark throughout the island. And uh, I, f I just find them a fascinating race. They even Adam had. Uh, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say Adam did some of the artwork on that, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, they're just really neat. Go ahead, John. What were you saying? 
Oh, I was just going to say, when you were saying they left their mark, they even attempted, I believe, I remember they attempted an incursion onto the spires uh, in the Bleakstone area, and they they weren't able to keep their, their stronghold there, but they, they tried. For a couple tried at one point in time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah they, for a little they, bit. Well, yeah, they, they gave it a shot. They, they're a fascinating race. I Whoever came up, I don't, this predates my joining Bloodstone, whoever came up with them initially, um, what a neat concept was mark i could be wrong i probably was <laughs> yeah well jason yeah, that, was that was one of the first things they ever came up with for lost learn yeah oh, i love them I, they're so much fun mark i love what you did with them well and, jason... I, and I, I was gonna say and i love how they're organized and that's one of the mysteries that players uh will hopefully get to discover there's a bit of a mystery on how they all know which tribe they have two tribes and they all know which tribe they belong in but the players will think that they're all the same. And so one of the mysteries is why are they organized the way that they are? And uh, Mark came up with a really brilliant reason why they're in two tribes um, that, that I think is just one of those mysteries to explore. Carrie, what were you saying? I'm sorry. I, kept, kept <laughs> it's okay. I was just saying um, you have a certain uh, love for Greek mythology too, don't you? Oh, I do. Yes, of mm -hmm. course I do. So it, uh, I, I can definitely see why the, they are a love for you. And I won't go into anything more than that. People should check up on their own Greek mythology. Ha ha. Make me I'll, do more reading. Dang it. I like that. They All right. Well, <laughs> do more reading. Son of a <laughs> and there's a couple elements here as well. Um, that kind of make the the blight fens um, interesting with with their factions. There's the five villages, uh, John, Jason. Oh yes, and absolutely. Tree. Yell mm -hmm. yeah, I said it wrong. No, mm -hmm. I think it's yelling, yelling tree, yelling, yelling, yelling. So yeah, yelling, but quieter. <laughs> <laughs> like you're hailing, but you're yelling. You're That's yelling. It. Yes. I go with all the above. <laughs> all right. Uh, moving on to chapter five. This is, this is where you get into, uh, we really start getting into the pirate theme. Um, this is Smuggler's Cove. Um, uh, Smuggler's Cove is going to be, it is made up of uh, five ships. Um, again, I'll let uh, other people take more good more explanation but this is where you're really introduced to like the pirate uh, uh culture and uh there are five different uh region five different areas in this in this area and uh yeah i'll let someone to take over uh, rich <laughs> so the it's not good one of the best things about it is that real it has more than one kind of pirate crew. Uh, as we said in the chapter two, you don't join a pirate crew on one of the Blythorns. You are either pressured or are coerced into joining. And they are all singular. They are all completely different. But they are all these single entity with the same codes, the same 
uh, rules the the same style of acting. Uh, one of the most interesting about them is the sea dragons that Jason made. Uh, he can say more about them. Oh, um, sea dragons are one of the five crews. Uh, they the uh, I don't remember who came up with the original idea of maybe a crew could be slowly turning blue, but I thought, ooh, ooh I want that. Um, that's a great idea. Maybe, Gregor, was that your idea? Um, uh, so the, it could have been. Maybe. Richard? Uh, is, was no? Me. Sorry, the, the, no, the I thing was... was a, <laughs> I don't know. It, <laughs> it was it, a team effort. I it's think. such yeah. a team effort. So the, the Sea Dragons, <laughs> uh, the, the Blight Torn are what they called the, the pirates and smugglers and corsairs of that region, Smuggler's Cove. Um, and they're called the Blight Torn because... Uh, it's not just that Bloodstone Isle travels through the multiverse, but it does so by traveling through a storm called the Tempest that is what surrounds Lost Lorne and keeps it a prison and possibly is the uh, a storm between worlds. And the creatures that live in the Tempest are mutated and twisted and chaotic. And so the Blighttorn as pirates are, are often fishermen and they eat from these creatures that they catch in the tempest, but that chaos, that mutation gets into their system. But the neat thing with the crews, they're all eating the same food. So the libertines are eating one, you know, they're all eating from the same food that they catch and they all eat together. And, and this, and the sea dragons all eat from the same food at the same time. And so their mutations have run along similar veins and in the case of the sea dragons um they're they're picking up a very bluish tint and they're more smugglers than pirates they're more into um making money uh and trying to be kind of debonair and live the high life um admittedly in a town called broken gallows but nice. uh, which which is kind of a ruined pirate town but uh they but they have they've put on airs so that's that's the sea dragons Okay. Also, so they literally are uh, what they eat. <laughs> you could say mm -hmm. pirates. They are, they're they're not <laughs> dragons. That's the name of their ship. The the, the sea dragon is the name of their ship. Um, okay. And so called by after each crew is called what their ship was called. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the sea dragons are are the sea dragons because that's the name of their ship, not because they look like dragons necessarily. Although, if they get blue enough over time it, and and start to keep picking up scales, yeah. I suppose mm -hmm. that's in the works down the road. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So Sozo did a picture where they kind of one of them looks kind of almost dragony, and it's kind of neat. Yeah, and so uh, Jason had mentioned the Libertines, and so in the same way, their boat was the Libertine. And with that being said, they also have a more um, uh, free, free, free living, uh, bohemian type of living. They 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 like to entertain. They like pleasures. All of that kind of stuff. And yet at the same time, they have an interesting predilection to uh, when they have guests, they have a certain rule that if they have the opportunity to take advantage of these people, they do. But they have a certain rule about that. And again, I'm not going to give away what that rule is, but you have but you read it, you'll find out. And it's a, it's really entertaining. And their mutation, it seems, is uh, kind of growing a bit of a. Uh, 
uh, what do we call it? I can't remember what the term of it is, but basically a, a crab-like. Like a uh, bit of a carapace. Carapace, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, they, they, they develop a kind of hard skin, and if they mutate too much, it becomes more of a carapace. Yeah. All right. Also, sounds pretty horrific. Uh, all these characters sound pretty scary, uh, which is great. I think a lot of folks are going to get involved with the, the how um, mm-hmm. intense they are. Uh, and maybe some PTSD for the drawer, uh, the artist, and <laughs> uh, which I, Other people I, suffer. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> that's the way it goes. All right. Well, uh, yeah, that's really scary. What's uh, what's what's happening on chapter six? So chapter six is Bleakstone City, and this is where we really get into the true nitty gritty politics of everything that's going on. Um, We get into all really discuss all of the main characters, basically, at that point in time, all of the the movers and shakers. And you're introduced to the Blood Rose Barony. I mean, you're introduced to them beforehand, but this is where you're actually in that territory. This is where the Blood Rose Barony is. You see how they interact with the Iron Knights. You see how they interact with all of the other players. Uh, And uh, basically, uh, this is where we set up the scene for the final chapter, which we will get into momentarily. Uh, But... This city is uh, ancient, uh, old, uh, wind-swept marble. Um, this, these people who live here, uh, it's, it used to be such a bright city. It used to be so hopeful. And due to the uh, conditions and the events that have taken place, it's now these people are just barely hanging on to uh, what they used to have. And uh, it's... It's an interesting theme, and it's really interesting to get into and entertaining and seeing how these these people maintain their lifestyle, how they try to maintain their tradition, and uh, how the different factions within the city and the different uh, peoples who reside therein uh, interact with each other. It's a balancing act between... Uh, uh, hope and hopelessness. Uh, uh, on the one hand, the city feels very hopeless, but nobody can live like that forever. So they they put on airs, mm-hmm. and uh, they they go about the they go about a dance macabre, uh, uh, fool uh, themselves uh, into believing that things are better than they are. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, lying lying to themselves, lying to each other. It's an act. It's a dance. Uh, they know it's an act and a dance, but uh, but they they dare not admit that out loud uh, because to do so is to acknowledge it. So it's a very it's a very sinister city, very very sinister city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of politics going on in Bleakstone. Yep. Yes, more along the lines of why change something that's benefiting me. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, because you got you've. You've got different different factions that uh, that that have obviously benefited from being on top as long as they have, and trying to maintain that status quo, while at the same time realizing yet not realizing that things are slowly falling apart and falling to pieces. And there are this players is... that. Oh, go ahead. Oh I... no, go ahead, John. Oh, well, I was just going to say, and then there are 
people and players that recognize this and are taking advantage of that. And they are essentially playing a chess game. And that's, that's really what's going on there. It's just a chess game with different players and people are setting the stage for potential usurpation of power. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's really intriguing the way it could play out. It rewards enlightened self-interest in, mm-hmm. in weird ways and not always, yeah, and, and not usually nice ones. And I like the way you said enlightened because there is the Lumina Radiante. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I like the way that we presented it too in that there's no clear um, winner in Bleak Stone, that, that there, are, no. there are a lot of people vying for, for position, but uh, in, in the way that we presented it, there, everybody has a real shot of, of coming out on top as much as we don't uh, specifically say anybody who has necessarily come out on top. So there's, there's a lot of, uh, uh, of a sandbox, a political sandbox element that exists with uh, the Bleakstone chapter. Chapter six is when James joined the team and we, th- it, it was throw him into the deep end and, and yeah. swim. I mean, uh, we still it do, was one of those, James, you've got, a, you've got, <laughs> well, you've got I mean, a couple of weeks. Read chapters one through five and get ready, <laughs> yeah. get to, get ready weeks, to hit the you, ground running. You, you gave and, me a uh, few days. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah, and then, <laughs> but, and then you true. know what they did? They they dropped him into the art chat. And uh, me being the only woman on the team, I'm proud to say that I make very derogatory jokes or not derogatory, um, inappropriate jokes or suggestive jokes and he's always like uh 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 is this hey, okay I, I made a few yeah. of my, i like to cover my butt just in case i say something that offends someone but uh i, I mean I, i'm not nearly as jocular on this thing right now than i have been in the chat as many of you have seen mm-hmm. like even before i was writing i was like who is this weird guy who keeps saying these strange things and then all of a sudden i'm on the writing team so yeah. but uh, but yeah no my, my first my first assignment um was in chapter six um and they, they gave me a very uh, open-ended kind of we want you to create uh, a high class uh, exclusive club in Bleakstone City. Go. And I'm like, okay, do I have any any direction at all? So nah, just just figure something out. I'm like, okay. And so I create the club. And then I'm like, well, this club sort of needs these these shadowy uh, people who run it. And they are like pulling some strings in the city too. So I create this this organization called the management. Uh, and and like you know, I, I sort of just add it small bit in with the description of the club and next time i look at you know some of our our edits there's a new faction section called the management so i need to write some more stuff about this um and it was wonderful because i I, this this is my first experience writing for this team and and my ideas were embraced very quickly and and it's not to say that my ideas are better than anybody else's i think that's been just my my feeling of this entire project in this entire team is that everybody has been very welcomed and their ideas have been very welcomed and uh, and being my first experience writing for um for lost lauren and bloodstone isle um it was it was a really positive way to get involved so uh, i want to thank everyone here just 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 to do that because you all have, have done a lot to make me feel very welcome so in a very short amount of time
I'm glad we haven't scared you off. No, <laughs> we haven't been trying hard Not enough. Is what happened. Okay, Brian, we'll team we'll up. Yeah. Yeah. Challenge I'm just glad I haven't said anything too stupid that's that sort of got me like, oh, you're gonna have to go now. <laughs> one of the thing, one of the things I like about Bleakstone City is John mentioned the Lumina Radiante. So you do have the nobility in the Blood Rose Barony and the church in the Lumina Radiante. And in the management, you have kind of that merchant class. Um, and, and Jed wrote about the underbelly with the, uh, uh, the Nightwalkers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're all, uh, Jed, do you want to say, are you in a point where you can say anything about the Nightwalkers? Yeah. Is he still about. here? Yeah, I'm oh, still here. Uh, it's dark. <laughs> uh, I'm on my way home from work, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, the Nightwalkers, the, you know, they're the, um, uh, I think the reference I gave to Brian or James was that, you know, they're sort of like the mafia. They're there. Nobody, everybody acknowledges. Uh-oh. It's there, but nobody draws attention to it. Because if you draw attention to it, you know, they're going to draw their attention to you. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to get kidnapped or beaten in an alley, you know. Yeah. Everybody knows they're there. They just don't talk about them. Yeah. Right. What it looks at you may look back. All of that is one of the things I like about Bleakstone City. And in a sense, as it is the only city on the island, it has all of the good fantasy elements and the medieval elements of nobility, church, merchant class, underclass. It's all there. And I think that makes it a very rich setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I was oh, reading... in the military, in the military, Rocky wrote up the yeah. uh, Ashen Guard. Oh, the, Ashen Guard yeah. well, the Ashen Guard having its own history and everything. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, Rock, why don't you talk about that? <laughs> uh, so the Ashen Guard, they are basically a unit of a city guard that they were destroyed back way back when when happened something that you have to see in the book. We call it the Sundering, but read the book, you know. Yeah. And the Red Cross was burned down. They had to rebuild the the forces, the their headquarters, and they decided that they would never allow that something like that to happen that again at the city. So they specialized in divination. They try to divinate when a crime will happen and try to prevent that crime from happening. And that's really interesting because the adventures had to revolve around this. Like the management and the night walkers, how, how can they walk through the city and do the things they they did with a guard that can know what they will do before they will get there. And that was really interesting as a as a challenge to write their adventures. I think the players will really like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> And it's also nice because the Action Guard, um, their their loyalties are not clear cut. Uh, 
Um, They answer to the Lumina Radiante. They answer to the Blood Rose Crown. Uh, They answer... They're not so much uh, involved with the management, but we'll get involved with them as well uh, if necessary. But it's it's kind of one of those things where when you go to the guard, you're not entirely sure, you know, where their alliances really are, and so that really adds to um, some complexity when you're talking about uh, involving them, because you know, depending upon who you're with, if you're if you're doing something that's associated with the Blood Rose, then uh, you know the the Lumina Radiante and the Blood Rose, they they have a superficially working or, uh, relationship, but at the same time, their, their, their objectives are not aligned. So it's, it's, it really can add some serious, interesting complexity. Right. And like, how do you trust a, a uh, in Sunju, one of the things that he says in the very end of his book uh, is always pay your spies. Always pay your spies well. Well, yeah. what if your spy has no alliances? Then yeah. whoever has the most money, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, has the spy. <laughs> yep. So absolutely, mm-hmm. definitely. All right. Oh my gosh. All right, we're we're at the last chapter. Man, you guys had a lot to to go through this one, which is great. I I love you know when you get a writing team together, you, they get so involved and so in depth with everything, and I think the listeners really enjoy getting that in depth background to uh, you know a project that's happening. So, but we are in our last chapter. Uh, so who wants to wrap that up? Well, Mount Craw. Uh, Mount Craw is the pinnacle. Uh, not only of the uh, adventure, but of the island itself. Um, it's situated in the center of the island. Um, and there are two major uh, areas to this region. Uh, beginning the, the adventure, the, the, the region, the chapter begins traveling through the uh, Great Ragma Cavern. Uh, I think if we change the name on that, I think that's what it is. The, the Ragma Rift, I think we're changing the name on that. But nevertheless, there is the Great Rift. And, and their actions in there extremely uh, not very safe. Um, and this is where we dial in on the horror as well. Like As you're going through the island, going through each region, there are elements that are horrific, as we've discussed before. Um, but this is where we kind of just take the gloves off and everything just goes to the max. And mm. um, we do our best to really communicate this as well. And um, once the adventurers pass through the rift, uh, which is the only clearest, uh, and I wouldn't really say safest, but the clearest path to the mountain, uh, then the travelers go up the mountain itself. And there are a couple spots stopped along the way that are not safe. And once you reach to the top of the mountain, it's just not safe. And uh, we have at the top of the mountain a giant uh, mother pine. And this mother pine uh, has suffered uh, an injury recently. 
And on top of this mountain is a skyhold, which is essentially an observatory that is uh, associated with astrological um, and astronomical um, associations. And it used to be used for righteous purposes and worshiping the star courts, which are essentially divine regions in the sky. Um, and it has, it has just become rife with horrific scenes of torture and, and, and it's, this is where we just culminate the story. And uh, this is where Adsquiel writes his last bits and it's kind of left up for the adventurers to see if they can find him and that's kind of how how that leads up one of, oh, yeah. one of the things dropping we, any spoilers <laughs> yeah, one, one of the things we haven't gone into is kind of the backdrop of the, of the plot in in the way that we mentioned that timeline that goes from zero to 159 and in in the earliest years on that timeline uh, captain jack and his his that conquered the island but when that all fell apart and when the pirate paradise became a a a pirate i don't know what the word is um nightmare uh, nightmare mm. um it it dystopia. left the dystopia that's a good word um it left the island open to the, to the machinations of two very powerful entities, uh, which certainly are part of the story, uh, Vra the Crone Crow and Jaira the Night Queen. Um, Vra is this force of, uh, she represents the force of the storm and the tempest that surrounds the island and she can command it to sweep over the island and sweep, sweep her enemies and unfortunately her allies off the island. And she is at war with this with this vampire, Jaira the Night Queen, and her shadow vein minions. And that is this sinister backdrop as you're traveling through the island. But by the time you get to Bleakstone City, you realize it's not the backdrop. It, it really is this huge thing that you can't escape. And on Mount Craw, the characters, the, the player characters, um, have to face this destiny because that is where, uh, without giving too much away, that's the culmination of the story. Not just their own story, but it's the culmination of, of Ra and Jaira's war. Uh, and I think it's a brilliant story that Mark came up with. And I'm really excited to see how the players get, the various players get to explore that. Um, uh, it, it It is a it is as cataclysmic a conclusion. When, when I thought it was going to be a cataclysmic <coughs> conclusion, Mark said, no, 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 we're, we're dialing this up even further. Um, and this is as cinematic ending of a movie. If this was made as a movie, this would be, this would be as cinematic as you can get. Um, this, is, this is a huge ending. And what amazes me, and I love how the team put this together, it is not a railroad. It is a gigantic conclusion of an ending, but it is, it can go in so many different directions at the same time because of who the players allied with. Mm -hmm. um, there were such a variety of endings and, and among the writers, we found that we're rooting for different people. Um, <laughs> so there, there, there's, there's the death mass and crown and there's the blood rose baroness and there's, 
there's Ra the Crone Crow and there's Jaira the Night Queen and there's the Iron Knights and, uh, and every one of us I think has a different favorite that we would that when we run it we hope kind of is is the dominant force uh, and the players have to navigate all this it makes a it makes a fantastic story yeah it really does mm-hmm. and it's great the way it ties it really I was just saying well, it ties it back up to the pirates right everything yeah. is involved yeah. And, and that was one of the challenges in writing is, is that, and, and this came up over and over again, was like, we, we know as players, um, we don't want to be railroaded. And, and it, right. that was the biggest challenge in like, okay, well, this has to happen or this is yeah. going to happen. And how, and then here's where Kelly can play some music and pretend that there's a big fat spoiler right here if you want. <laughs> um, and, then like, and it was, and then you're just not going to have a choice. Um, but you do have a choice, and I think that was one of the most important things um, in in the writing team is we were just trying to be like, well, how do we do this without without railroading? But like, but we do want there to possibly be other outcomes, mm-hmm. and I think that was um, something is going to happen. Um, but but your choices should still drive the end result. And I think that that's why this is great because there's so much available to play this again. This isn't a this isn't a one yeah. one shot thing. Yeah. There are actually um, options. Um, it's a overall. living conflict. Yeah. yeah. It's it, it's it's ongoing no matter I mean like the conflict is ongoing maybe even despite what the players are trying to do yeah so again just like you're saying i mean like it it will feed into something and how that plays well that depends on them yeah well well i mean you you could take any chapter in this entire uh, set of books and base an entire like a year-long campaign with your players i mean it's there's so much richness and so much you can do within just even these small locations um, and I think that's another one of the strengths of, uh, of, of, of the varied viewpoints that we've created uh, in, this, in, the, in these books. And one of the things that amazes me, oh, sorry, Carrie, I'll, I'll go first. <laughs> one of the things that amazes me with the way that we wrote this up, um, that, that because it's so open-ended, it's not just that the characters have such agency that they can do whatever they want to. And, and, and I like what Rich was saying. This is so different you could run this you could run this half a dozen times and it would be such drastically even the game master can't get bored because he could run this with different people she could run this with different people they could run this with different people and uh you you every game would be completely different because it's not the railroad because it can go so many different directions each game is so individual it's such a selling point of this island Okay, Carrie, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You're fine. Uh, You said (laughs) some of the similar things that I was going to say. A lot of us have been um, in these uh, role-playing settings in Dungeons & Dragons or Pathfinder or Shadowrun. Uh, I think Seven Seas is another one of them, Vampire the Masquerade. We have so many games where uh, we want to... It's a, a level of escapism. Uh, Jane McGonagall wrote a lot about uh, why reality is broken and why we run to these different uh, avenues of being something else and being someone else. And people come into these settings in order to feel like they can make such a huge change on a setting to make such a, oh yeah, like 
that's why we do this, right? That's why we get into these role-playing settings is because we want to feel like we are powerful, even if we move a grain of sand. And I think Lost Lorn is one of those places where even though like, if you're, if you're cynical, you can be like, oh, well, it always is going to end in one way or another. But if, when you, your choices from the start of the game to the end of the game creates the ending. Yeah. And that is how it's designed. It mm-hmm. is designed uh-huh. in order to ensure that you and your friends or nice enemies, however you want to say it, <laughs> make such an impact on this setting that you are literally building it up or tearing it down. Absolutely. And that is a key aspect of us, Lauren. Uh, and I, I agree, Carrie, for sure. And one of the things is that um, we're we're all writing from different places. I, um, if we're going to talk about the world of darkness, I, I come from a mage background. I, I lived in that space for for probably ten years, um, doing live action and, and other um, uh, uh, conventions and, and storytelling in that way. And then uh, Jason's uh, very wraith uh, oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think everyone can speak up to to what that they they love. But we're we're coming from different games and different stories, but they're meeting in these places. And I think that makes it so much stronger mm-hmm. is that there's the, these, these different elements um, in, imbued in, in these many pages that I can't wait to physically touch this thing yeah. um, for sure, right? Soon. Oh, no, that, that's a very good point because one thing that uh, it's, is we don't wanna be, we don't want to allow myopia to affect the way we write. We want to have as many perspectives as we possibly can. And so definitely that that's something that has been of a great advantage, just being able to have so many people participate and, 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 and work in this team. It's the, the, uh, the result is, is obvious and, and the, the work is really, really top notch. Fantastic. Kelly, can I, yeah, can I do something here? Uh-huh. I'm kind of curious if this is okay. And if it isn't, you can tell me don't do this or, or edit it out. I'm curious what everybody's favorite part of Bloodstone was. The, okay. the thing that is just, and that doesn't mean spend a half hour talking about it, just <laughs> going around the table. What is everybody's favorite part of Bloodstone? Uh, for me, I'll, 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 <laughs> since, I, since I started this, um, the I, the blood rose baroness lavanda is at the end of the day she's the character that i got into the most um uh, i just i really enjoyed the blood rose baroness i think she's a very tragic figure and very relatable yeah. i love we- Squill myself i think he's just it's he's, he's he was a wonderful character to write week after week um and from his perspective he, he's insane <laughs> he's wonderful he's curious He's verbose. I, I made the joke once that uh, uh, I have no problems dealing with word counts, but Adsquill, that's a completely different matter. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I loved him to death. He was he was fantastic. And, and that's the that's the core narrator. Right. So, like, you don't you don't you don't want to like them, but you don't want them to be written in a yeah. way that you. Um, that you're like they're so likable like they shouldn't be they should be filled with opinion and 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 that discourse can take place and i think that's why as in terms of characters um jock is like this broken character and that's one of the ones i i liked the most because they maybe they're redeemable or maybe they're not 
But I mm-hmm. think in terms of the storytelling, well, let's find out. Right. Nice. Um, so. Okay. Uh, and to add my favorite part is probably the Shadow Vane as a faction. I think that's a great <laughs> idea. They're so cool. Next. Yeah. Assassins forever. Yes. So cool. The shadow, yeah, vampire assassins. Uh, uh, these artwork, Vigalus's artwork is amazing. Oh God, yeah. His scripting. My God, why can I not write like him? Hi, <laughs> Harry. What yeah. is your favorite part? What's your favorite thing on the island? So I have a bit of a different background. Um, I actually uh, have a. I have a medical illustration background, so I didn't necessarily fall in love with. The, a certain character no. I fell in love with the monsters yeah. I fell in love with um, being able to develop uh, all these different kinds of monsters why they have certain features um, coordinating with other people who did artwork uh, and developed these monsters with all of us I guess um, they're really in-depth and really thought out as to how they operate how they work why they work that way and i'm going to <clears throat> uh, pass that off to rocky who made some pretty great uh notes on them too <laughs> i'm calling you out again rocky sorry. you're welcome sorry? <laughs> systems guru <laughs> he is uh so first of all let me tell how the players that if you have any complaints about the monsters that the, you are about to face, <laughs> you have to talk to Rich and me. Basically. <laughs> if you think that any of them are too dangerous or unfair, they are. are the guys. <laughs> <laughs> and they are. You know, they are. That's the intention. Suck it up, Buttercup. You're fighting. Right. Like, I come, I come from a Cthulhu background, and, and Call of Cthulhu, all the monsters are horrible and terrible, and you shouldn't fight them. I got no problem with that kind of a creature, those kinds of creatures in any game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we did name one of the scariest creatures after you, though, Rocky. We did. Yes. <laughs> but we still haven't heard what his we still haven't heard what his favorite thing is. That's true. <laughs> uh, so actually my favorite things about the island are the monsters. Okay. Uh, I do love the Iron Knights. I made them with a lot a lot of love. But my favorite part, my friend thing, my favorite creature is the chlorosaur. For you, Uh, I always love dinosaurs. When I'm writing, I'll find a way to put a dinosaur (laughs) anywhere. Yep, but it's not one. That's the that's one of the coolest parts of it. It's it's (laughs) the convergent evolution of horrible. (laughs) Plant nest <laughs> and so, Maleficent. Totally wrong. That, yeah, yeah no, exactly. Don't give it away. I remember when we were building Spoiler alarm. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. When we were building the stats, Rocky's like, Gary, you need to do these very well because this is my favorite. He told me that months ago. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Rich, what's your favorite? I. So I got involved with the geography side, and I I love the island. 
I love the fact that it, it can plane shift. I was a like Planescape was one of my home settings. Um, I love I love anything that you can transplant to different spots. So I love that about the island. I love the way the island is assembled. And I I think yeah, that's uh I it's it's the place itself. I really love it. John, I'm about to go next. I have to go. My favorite thing is Chekhov's um, volcano. Um, that that to me is, uh, um, you know, just uh, every time I play test, I'm uh, just so excited about what 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 is coming. Awesome. Uh, anyway, you guys all did a fantastic job on Bloodstone. Thank you so much um take your victory lap enjoy you did you did really good thank you so much right, thank you for everything thank Bye. you see you john what's your favorite part of the island um well uh i'm going to give two because i'm going to speak for robert who is not able to be here Fair. um my favorite i think was the character that i had written um would be Sun Chaser, uh, Yariel. Um, I can't remember his like, I don't what it doesn't matter. Uh, Sun Chaser. That, that was my favorite uh, aspect of it. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. There's so many different elements, but if I'm just going to pick something unique, I would say that it would be Sun Chaser um, following in his own unique steps, but doing the same thing that Adsquil was doing, uh, chasing Adsquil's path uh, and speaking to him. And um, I would say that not chasing his path, but beating with he him and talking first, to him. Yeah. yeah. And just his disposition and his experiences um, and the way he communicated with that squeal and gave him the advice he needed. Um, for Robert, I know that it's going to be the. Uh, I know. For <laughs> That's it. Oh, sorry, I didn't know um, what you said for Robert. Yeah. The Wumpish. The Wumpish. Of course. That would be it. <laughs> what else? Uh, All right. Gregor, uh, what's your fate? <laughs> uh, well, like John said, there's so many aspects of it that's great, I think. Uh, but I'm going to go with the, um, uh, the practice of taking ransom. Oh. To take uh, the, the pirates like to take uh, prisoners and ransom them for money, obviously, instead of killing people, because I think that's going to be very entertaining in role play, mm. and uh, it might get repet repetitive after a while. Oh no, I'm a capture again. I'm captured again <laughs> on the ransom. Oh, yeah. shucks, I'm captured. Don't write. That can be funny. I think. Oh yeah. Maybe. It's you like when you get this slap. <laughs> slapstick uh, feeling almost like in a movie when you keep ending up in the same situation over and over. Like when you're you playing right. Monopoly and you keep going to jail, you know, and you're you just got like, it. Yeah. You're kidding me. I'm captured <laughs> again. Oh, no, not again, you know. Oh, no. <laughs> just put them on so my wrist already. Great. It's uh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the way we wrote it, that it's sort of uh, 
everyone's used to it so it's very business-like and formal even the pirates are very you know you just sign here and it's a contract do you promise do you promise you're not going to try to escape again? I promise. Yeah. all right fine we don't want to see you again for at least another month <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. and uh, i like the normality of, of um, oh sorry no, 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 no. Uh, just to finish, I, I like the normality of, of uh, well, sort of, <laughs> of, of uh, Briar Canyon Village as well. So, because you have to have some place that's uh, that's sort of normal and calm, sort of normal, get, sort of normal, sort of normal. Except, for the, <laughs> except for the roses that give you nightmare. Yeah. That's right. And, uh, yeah, yeah. That you have to have contrast. Thing. I mean, oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> I think I, so, Jed, I think you're the last one. Yeah, so uh, I actually have a few things I really enjoyed about the island. When it comes to the locations, I have to say it's uh, the Bone Dust Dunes because, like it was mentioned before, that's the first time a lot of the other writers actually got to, you know, create things and put some input into it. And mm, it's pretty much my favorite location. Cool. And, um, you know, I got to sit down and um, compare notes a little bit on uh, some of the later areas and create creatures and have them, the art team, put them to paper and pretty much see all the neat little things. Uh, I love the Blood Rose Barony. I love Lavanda. I love all the uh, connections to some of the other areas that they have. And then I'm, I'm all Team Jaira. Just be vampires, guys. Team Broad Stormcrow. I'm Team Jack. He got the raw end of the deal. He did. Yeah. I'm Team Jack, too. (laughs) Go, Jack. (laughs) Well, don't lose your heads over it, guys, okay? That's that's very funny. Thank you. Thank you for that. (laughs) Ellie, in what you've seen in the book, do you have a favorite thing so far? You know, uh, I think I need to actually play through it because uh, that's how I okay. function. I, 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 I'm a visual, physical uh, person. So I think I will introduce once we get it finally out into um, uh, one of my actual play podcasts and that'll be a side thing. So we're going to run through the book. Oh. We just don't know it yet. Nice. <laughs> so we'll play <laughs> through uh, both book or we'll play through the book uh, and that'll probably be a 10 episode uh and then I'll let you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, do that. Right right on. Do that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we we did over. Um, oh, we're almost at the two-hour mark, which is incredible. So we might have four episodes, but uh, I, you know, normally at the end of uh, an episode, we go into like a really dark dungeon of uh, the basement of the 1980s and talk about D and uh, But I, I think we covered it with everybody's favorite part of the book. Maybe we'll do that mm-hmm. when we come back into. Uh, the next part. I can't say part two because I think this is actually going to be a two part in itself right now. So this could turn into a four part. Uh, <laughs> so we'll come back to that. So I'd like to thank what? all of you. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to ask, what is the next part then? Well, the next part's the other book. We only went through one of them. <laughs> yeah, we oh, yeah. Gazetteer. We didn't yeah. go through the well, We kind of <laughs> went region by region as opposed yeah. to book by book. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. 
Yeah. Should, like I said, they, they mirror each other in terms of, of, of the presentation. So, yeah. Okay. I think they can't exist without each other, which is where we talk about it. That way. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. All right, fair enough. We so, don't need to do more. I, I think I can turn this into two and then we'll, we'll call it good. And hopefully we'll get a lot of questions. But again, we're hoping that the Kickstarter uh, begins somewhat in July for Bloodstone Isle. And yep, that's, that's the intention. If you're a Patreon, I believe you can pre-look at some of the stuff that's already on there. For the if you are on Patreon, yes. We have, I believe, all the way up to Chapter 5 at the moment. We're going to be dropping Chapter 6 real soon. Okay, mm-hmm. as, cool. As quick as we can. Yep. 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 And, and to be clear, yeah, and Chapter 7 is written. Um, so it's, yep. we're just doing the final arts and layouts and for, all, for the last two chapters that are... Uh, yep. Missing, uh, not missing, coming, forthcoming. Uh, <laughs> By the way, I should mention I'm out of energy drinks today, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Those are not healthy. Uh, yeah. yeah, but neither is. Never mind. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, all right. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, you. Thank you for having us. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah, 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 thanks awesome. for having us, man. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely bring all of you back, especially when the Kickstarter is happening. We'll come uh, back absolutely. and we'll do an oh, update. More than willing. Uh, yeah. Totally. Yeah, I think it'd be fun to to talk about um, our our uh, specifics um, that once we can kind of be a little more direct in some of the content. Um, but uh, if there's something special that stuck out for anyone, they're like now's a good time to mention it because I think it's really I think it's a really epic romantic. Um, story that's happening whether you want to read it as a um a, a recipe for how to to play this game or if you want to read it as a kind of novel there's there's a lot going on for it in the way that it's been developed um over the the last six months and i think when we started this plan i think reader really was the one that was like hey let's do this zine because that'll give yep. us a way to put this in format and, and, and mm-hmm. go through each section cleanly and, and focus we needed to focus and i think that was one of the things that made it stronger for sure. So I think that's been a great experience for everyone um, mm-hmm. getting getting where we are today. I think the beginning of this journey wasn't as exciting as it is now because we didn't know where we'd be. So and we're we're really we're exciting. I think I'm oh. pretty excited. So. Seeing things come to fruition is is always a uh, a very rewarding process. I mean, this oh, is yeah. only the second project I've ever worked on myself, um, and uh, it's just just seeing it actually happened is kind of mind-blowing so mm-hmm. and the story's good yeah. and it sucks you right in uh-huh. mm-hmm. i think so yeah very captivating yeah All and right. i look through these things and you know it's it's nice to see because i always forget that oh yeah they they threw that artwork in there so it's like really it's a pride point for me Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I, well, I forget <laughs> like, oh yeah that's cool they put that in there awesome yeah. uh, and so you see it in layouts sometimes they're like oh right um there's something oh that that piece i remember when that sketch was a sketch right so mm-hmm. yeah it's one of those memorable moments you wake up at 4 a.m and you're trying to jot things down and then that becomes a memory for you that oh that section of the book i wrote at you know i came up with that idea at two three so i think it's pretty neat Speak- Speaking of 4 a.m., yeah, hockey, it's 4 a.m. Yeah, yeah, it is. yeah. well, uh, 4 a.m. Yeah, again, thanks for coming on. I loved having y'all. Uh, this will probably Thank be you. a two parter then. Thank you, Kelly. So, uh, yeah, 
have a wonderful the rest of your uh Sunday, Father's Day, Saturday. What day is this? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to bed. I got work in six hours. Yeah. Uh, right. I'm uh, uh, going back to working on a research paper. So Ooh, nice. I'm gonna okay. go crash okay. out and get some sleep. Oh, thanks, uh, All right, you guys. thanks everybody. Happy, 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 Happy West Virginia Day. Happy West Virginia Day. Aww.